Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. And it's a very, very, very good evening this Monday evening. I'm Wayne Turner. The program is Talk at Six with Wayne. And I'll be taking you through to about quarter to seven this evening with our latest show. And that is uh, on education. But before we go there, let's just uh, tell you how the show works. We have regular guest experts on every Monday night of the month. If there's a fifth Monday, we try getting an extra guest uh, from the community. But we aim to give you information, educate you, and just generally inspire you with topics that are relevant. Uh, next week is our second week, so that's our finance slot with Nico Kleinans. Third, it will be our community slot, and fourth is our medical slot. Right, without further ado, let's get on with our uh, education slot, and our regular guest expert that we have for education is Cherry Howell. A very good evening to you, Cherry. Good evening, all. Thanks for joining us. Um, education in our country at the moment it has its ups and its downs. It's always in the news. We don't know whether it's been properly handled or manhandled. And by the time uh, kids get to school, we don't necessarily know whether our expectations of being educated will live up to we will live up to those expectations. So. What I'm saying by that is the role of the parent these days is vital, whether you're homeschooling because of COVID or whether you are sending your kid to child to uh, a government school or private school. There is that much stronger need for parents to be more involved in their children's education. Absolutely. Now, the reason I, I give that uh, uh, basic groundwork is that one of the big subjects with parenting and, of course, with education is discipline. And uh, as an experienced the, teacher of 40-plus years, <laughs> you understand <laughs> yes. that subject intimately. Mm-hmm. And I think the disclaimer is you're not a, a child psychologist, but you spend or have spent six hours a day for 30-plus uh, no. years. 48, actually. 48. Okay, I know you've been in business and stuff like that, but you, since yeah. you started – Yes. It's 48 years. So let, let's let's just chat in this show a little bit generally because we want to do a series on discipline. It's such a big subject. So uh, in, in this show, let's kick off with uh, discipline. To those of us who are Christians has a biblical foundation. And I think scriptures are bandied around. Some are misquoted. And uh, you have your pros and your cons for spanking and not spanking. But th- that's not what this is all about. We're talking mm-hmm. about discipline under God under God's authority as a parent absolutely you know and discipline is always a a thorny issue and the perception of many parents is that you are judged about you are judged by how good a parent you are uh, by how disciplined your child is 
Yeah. And that's actually society is condemning it. It's so hard. Uh, raising a child is very hard, whether you discipline your child or whether you don't. And I think one of the biggest problems we have is the concept of what does discipline mean? What does discipline mean? Um, and I think if every society has, and every not even in a society, the um, microcosms of, of society have all preconceived ideas or structures or concepts, percepts of what discipline is. And one of the first things I think we need to know that these days discipline does not mean what it did, uh, what it used to mean to many of the older generation. If a school had discipline, it simply meant that they regimented the children and punished them. And in the old days, took them to the headmaster's office if your boys and That's received right. a, f- a physical, yes. a, a corporal punishment. Corporal punishment. That was uh, uh, equated with discipline. Mm. And also uniformity. Remember, the, the school uniform is also a form of discipline, lining up outside classrooms. And they hoped that by doing that, the child would, would then learn self-control. Sorry, can I just interrupt this? Sorry. Uh, I I see two things here. I see uh, self-discipline or or discipline uh, in order to get, like you say, the uniformity and then discipline uh, when there is disobedience. So there's two different things and people seem to mix these these, uh, up. And discipline goes far broader than saying you did something wrong, here's your punishment. Absolutely, and I think you know um, we we have a situation nowadays where um, a, a disciplined person. Let's not use the word child always, mm. because a child is just a mini adult in many ways. But a, a person, when we talk about a person having discipline, we are basically talking where they've got self-discipline, mm. and the young children lack that self-discipline because they're developing and there's a number of reasons why they lack it and if we've got to learn ways in which we can teach a child to face the world when they're an adult and one of the biggest um, um, I hate using the word problem but one of the biggest challenges challenges nowadays is that there's a misconception that we need to adapt the adult world to the child so in other words, a child um, need, the child needs to have the world adapt to them, to their demands, to their needs, to their likes, to their desires. Um, parents are continually adapting the world to the child. So often self-discipline is only applied to adults and it's never, mm, yeah. it's ne- it's never applied to children where it's just as important to a child to be self-disciplined mm. or be on the road, mm. the journey of self-discipline as an adult in the business world. Well, that's it, you know. Maybe if even you, more if important. Not, if you're not um, disciplined and you're not producing the goods in, in, in employ, an employed situation as an employee, then you are, and you, you're not doing what is expected of you and you're not respecting the situation you're in, you're going to be out. So just, I just want to go back to this statement that parents adapt the adult world to the child instead of adapting their child to the adult mm. world. And in that is the word adapt. So discipline, rather see discipline as a form of adaptation. Mm. And as the child is growing up 
and um, and comes from a, a home where there's a loving way of teaching a child to adapt. If you think of discipline from that point of view, you will then um, go back to Proverbs 22, verse 6, which is a very, very common, um, much-quoted biblical verse on raising children. And I'm sure you can quote it already, you know, train a child in the way he should go. And that simply means um, help your child to adapt it. It doesn't mean putting a rein in a child or um, a, a whip to the child mm. to egg him on. It's training him in the way he should go. And he will never depart from it because he sees the value of it. He has controlled. And when he gets to a point when he is able, he or she is able to determine their own path in life and discern right from wrong, then you, your job is done. Mm. And unfortunately, um, children today are given that free choice from from an age when they're not able to make those decisions. Mm. And that results in a child who becomes out of control in quotation marks. And that's what we see when we go to maybe to a restaurant or a public place. We see a child having a tantrum. We see the parent being extremely embarrassed about it. And um, then making a big scene, making the scene even bigger instead of handling that situation defusing it and defusing it and seeing the situation from the child's point of view because simply the child is not in control of either their emotions either their environment etc so it is an adaptation and that's you need to adapt your child to the world out there the world is never going to be able to mm. adapt to your child you bring so much light into the subject because correct me if I'm if I'm wrong but when the word discipline is used, it is always seems to be in, in parenting something you do to the to child, child, not something that you teach the child mm. to do. Or that you are on the same path together. Mm. The child um, is with you in life. You're doing life together until sub some stage, such stage that or such time that you're, that the child is old enough, wise enough, and sees the need to be independent mm. of you and always sees he has the ability to be independent. He has the ability to move out, make decisions. So I mean, if the mm. parent's not taking the child on a self-disciplined journey, that's that's when they've got to apply discipline and punish and give uh, consequences. Yes, yes. But if the child is on a proper journey of self-discipline and the word discipline is used correctly, then the mm -hmm. application of discipline is unnecessary because okay. you are you are mm -hmm. training that child mm -hmm. in the way that he should mm -hmm. go or she should go. Correct. Another quite a simple analogy is that um, if you uh, if you see a problem in life, any mm -hmm. person, you see a problem. You have a choice either to um, you have a choice either you fix the problem or you find someone else to fix it for you. That's basically a life skill. I my tire is flat. I don't know what to do of my car, so my my solution to my problem is to find someone else to solve my problem. Phone hubby. Right, phone someone or get someone to do yeah. it for me. Um, so I stand on the side of the road and flag down someone to help me. But um, some people will 
that's a problem, they will fix it themselves. Mm. So turn that to a person, an adult, a parent who has a child with bad behavior. And they've, they perceive that they have a problem child. So what are we going to do? Are we going to take the child to a psychologist to fix up? I'm going to send them to this school. That that's, This school has got discipline. I'm glad my child's in this class because the teacher's a disciplinarian. Mm. And I'm going to do this and, and, that's what's, and I'm going to gate the child because that's how I'm going to fix up the problem. Mm. When you don't realize that it's probably you that caused the problem mm. in the first place because you are the adult here and you have something has happened and many parents don't see that whole path. So what happens to the adult who is cross about something and perhaps can't think of a solution? You apply violence. Mm. And that is where smacking comes in wrong, long, long, long ago. Mm. And where this story, which is also a biblical verse, spare the rod and spoil the child, which has been misquoted um, so many times, that means literally, if you don't hit your child, then you are going to um, spoil Spoil it. the child. Okay, and remember the mood, spoil has got the meaning of it's got a stain on it. Mm. Right? That's what spoil is. You've spoiled your dinner. You've eaten sweets. Mm. You've spoiled the shirt. You've got a mess on it. Mm. The same thing with the child. You, when you give them in too much, it's a form of spoiling it for whatever purpose. But going back to hitting as a, um, and I see a hitting a child as a, the parent's way of solving the problem. Mm. It happens so fast, you're angry, it hits a certain part of your brain, and you lash out because you don't have any other solutions. So you think, well, when I was, when I grew up, one one hang of a smack, you know, my, my father used to hit me with a belt and that shut me, shut you up. And you think dead. It smacking re- produces a child who perceives that's how the parent problem solves. So when that child grows up, there's a high tendency for that child to problem solve in the same way. Let's take any other situation. I'm hungry. It's a child. It's a teenager. Hungry. He he knows he goes to the kitchen and he makes himself a sandwich because he has the ability to do so. So that's how he problem solves his hunger. A baby solves their problem through 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 yelling or ask, you know, crying for, for that. And as the child grows up, they have different ways of solving their problem. So smacking is a form of problem solving for some people. And it has been perceived that children who smack, who are, who are smacked, will in turn smack to get their own way, to solve the problem. Mm. And that is what we perceive a lot in certain um um, school situation. I'm not talking about formal schooling. I'm talking about maybe aftercares or crashes where there's a, a free play time. And the children all go out and they're three little motorbikes and there are about 10 little boys that all want to hop on these motorbikes at the same time. And the children are say between the ages of two and four and that's the stage where it's parallel play and then don't have any idea how to problem solve it. They also, at between two and four, don't do turn-taking so it's it's because we've got a strong survival. 
we don't want to take turns. We want we want immediate gratification when you're that. So the roughest and so the toughest usually get their exactly. way. So if I want, I've got a problem here, I want that bike. At two and a half, three year old child cannot say you wait till later. They have, don't have that little voice mm. in their brain telling you that. Parent has to, to train them. Stand next to me. We wait until he is, and we be kind. And when he comes back, you can have a turn. That is not. That is not there. Um, they want immediate they, gratification. They want it immediately. And there are no teachers around to perceive this, so the child knows it's obvious. This, I just have to shove this kid. He will fall over. That's the cause and defect, and I will have the bike, and then off he goes, and um, he solved the problem. So unless that problem is addressed properly by the caregiver or the parent and shown an alternative way of solving that problem, then you are going to have a child who learns that all the way home. And again, if that happens at home in which, you know, um, um, the child is hit for something at home, it's it's almost um, reinforced that that's what dad did to me. Because I was naughty, this boy was naughty. He wouldn't let me have the bicycle, even bike. Even when I asked him nicely, I want to ride. Can so I? So next have step yard? is next give a smack. Is clap. That's what mm. Dad did. Can I, just, I just want to backtrack slightly with this whole problem-solving thing with parents you mentioned. One of the big things that's been a, a bugbear of mine is that when it comes to Sunday school, when it comes to school, parents send their kids off to Sunday school to teach them what the parent isn't doing and other parents send their kids off to school expecting the teacher to sort out the discipline problems. Yeah. Am mm-hmm. I correct? Uh, where, yeah. where the, it's, the not a, it's, 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 a, it's an overstatement. It's a generalization. Right. I know there are many parents who do that because in every single classroom there's only 10% really, technically speaking, who are troublemakers. Right. So if I've got a ca- class of 30 kids, there'll be about three, maybe four. Right. Who will give me the, who are, and it's and it's always those children who come from laissez-faire parenting, casual parenting, or parents who have thought that this is the norm. There's a huge amount of parents that think this is the and, norm. And there is no self-discipline, either whether it's intentional yeah. or... Uh, something they've just got right by accident it isn't there Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. expectation uh, is incorrect that someone else is going to solve my problem so the parent needs to get back to grassroots and saying I have this problem this challenge what am I going to do about it not what I'm going to get someone else to do about it and it's that approach to parenting that is the beginning Mm -hmm. of a journey of teaching the child self-discipline absolutely Absolutely, Wayne. Um, you know, I always like to think of parenting in a very simple analogy. And I might have brought this up before, but um, a plant, if you think of a plant growing, um, and it's the full full life cycle of the plant with its shooting up and then producing a flower, which is then pollinated and all this, and then more seeds grow. But for that plant to grow, it needs three things. It needs a soil, it needs... Um, light and it needs water so it's the same in those three elements of what we need when we are raising a child and I call them the drug LSD and and I think I have mentioned it on a show before and LSD is the most amazing drug for growing a child and L stands for love S is security and D is discipline 
So if we had to take those three those three things and, and talk about them separately, are only, we're only going to talk really about discipline, the last mm. one, D. But when we're talking about lo- really loving your child, it's more than just a, or anybody, it's more of a, um, more than just a warm fuzzy. If um, by love we're talking about physical love, like touching, etc., I think you also love a child by giving the child your attention mm. and the, the, the time that you're spending with them. Can I just yeah. say something? You mentioned love, security, and discipline, and so we're basically talking about discipline. But unless you've taken your child or children through the gate of love and security, yes. yeah. am I correct in saying uh, yes. the, the discipline can't start can't, first? Can't you can't start. put the cart before the horse. Yeah. So that love and security, those gates have to be open before you enter the gate yeah. of, am I being too simple? No, no. That's why I go back to this this, this concept of a, of a flower. If you think of... Um, a plant needs um, needs grounding, and that grounding is the security, right? Mm, right? And the sunlight would obviously that's the warmth and the water. That's your love, right? But your security is there needs to be maybe a climbing frame, mm. so that the child climbs and gets to the top of this climbing frame, and then they're free. So um, it's an interesting analogy but it it works and um it works i've often used that when i'm talking to children and showing them how important it is to to when you're working with your parents and your teacher because the teaching scenario is just a a home from home really Mm. in terms of learning so love when we all know how to love but many of us don't know how to show love to children and you don't only show love to children by buying them what they want for christmas or sending them Uh, we touched on that when we did the toy thing that's that's a big problem and it's it, that's not love at all. That is that is uh, doing what society you feel society or the social norm is giving your kid a, a present for Christmas. And um, so yes, your physical love, and show, but also time. Kids kids need time. Time is what keeps a a family glued together. Mm. And in some ways, too much time um, restricts the family from from socializing out. Outwards, and that's why teaching your child to be independent of you is also a form of love, because you are letting them free. You're letting them free to go out and utilize the skills that you've taught them. So that is also, in many ways, if you think about it, a form of discipline. You know that old yeah. that old adage that says, "If you love something, let it let go. It if it comes free. back to you," that's got quite a bit more than just gooey love. Absolutely. That setting free yeah. is... is the, and it's g- usually applied for when we're talking about girlfriend-boyfriend relations, yeah. not when we're talking about children. Absolutely. And, and allowing yeah. that child, um, as, as you expand their boundaries, as they're allowed to go further, that, that and, and, and they see themselves making choices and... Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole we get back to the whole thing of self-discipline and and the ability to do things they learn that well what mommy made me do or help me do i can do it for myself now and that confidence is a stepping stone to the next part of the training and and i think we we we, we don't give enough cognizance to that absolutely if you look at what you just said now um um, uh, uh, what did you say confidence and confidence is actually love when you're mm. teaching your child, child uh, you're teaching them you, you you're teaching them a love skill and it is a security if you've got confidence you feel more secure mm. in life 
Um, and if you, and that's also to have confidence means you have discipline to to do whatever right. you need to do. Can I just ask yeah. another question before we go on? Uh, how important is the value system and the morals of a family or parenting as applied to discipline? You know, we have different, I think I work with multicultural environment with law enforcement and mm. one of the officers came to me and said, in your community, I mean, it was a, a race, two different races we're talking now. And I said, in your community, in the supermarket, I watch a child has a tantrum, throws himself on the floor, and the mother says, now, Johnny, be a good boy. What you're doing is wrong. And the child just carries on. And he says, my culture, we take the child, give the child a good clap, and the child stops, and we go out, and we sort the situation out. So with this different, not, it's not a value system, but a, maybe a cultural a it's cultural a, system. Sorry, Wayne, it's a problem-solving situation. Is it? Yes. Is that what we're going back That's to again? It's a problem-solving. It's got nothing to do with your morals. It's what you have learned, how you have learned over all the years that that is what should be done in So one culture situation. does it this way, one culture does it that way, and that's their, their, their cultural way oh. of solving a problem. No, I don't even think it's a culture thing. I right. don't think it's a faith thing. I don't think it's anything to do with faith or whatever. It's a human it's a human um, um, attitude, right. r- rather, reaction. That's right. what I'm looking for. You know, a lear- yeah, It's a learned yeah. thing. Yeah. And when we go on to talk about this topic in more detail, I want to talk about the difference between a reaction and a response. Okay, that's big. that's big. And that mm. answers your question. The child's having a, a full-blown tantrum. It's also very important to realize that a small child has a, has a, a, temp, a, te- a tantrum in a very different way than a, than a teenager Mm. A sullen teenager is also having a temperature. And they just won't communicate. Right. It's it's to the same cause they, where, where the parent wants the child to do one thing or the society wants them to do one thing and their response to that is different so therefore their reaction is different. Because they're in their own world. So a, a two-year-old will have a constrained world where a so, 16-year-old so will have a... year old. Right, will have right. a much bigger one. So, but, but at the same time, it's still their own world. Right. And they don't have the analytical skills or the predictability or the um, um, that self-respect right. t- to be able to see any different. It so they don't have the big picture. They don't have the big picture. Is it up to us to help them understand the big picture or is it self-discipline that gets them to that point so I they see the bigger picture? Because mom and dad see the big picture. But they might see it through the eyes of an adult and not through the eyes of a three-year-old or a six-year-old. So it taints that picture that you're trying to communicate. And remember, it's also, you you can't have one rule of thumb because... um, because every place you, every situation is slightly different. Let's take um, um, going into one shop and going into another shop. Mm. You might think, oh, as your adult mind says, my kid misbehaves when we go to the shops. So I said, all right, you said the shops. Does your child misbehave in the chemist and in the supermarket and in the clothing store and in the pet shop? Are you getting the picture? Mm, or just Those, the toy shop. <laughs> or just the toy shop. Yeah. Why is it just this shop? My child misbehaves every time we go to the spur, I mean, the steakhouse or McDonald's. Let's say McDonald's. Mm. Okay. Um, but you know something, when we go to that bistro, he doesn't. Now you walk into the two and you see which one is opening up their doors to say, 
do your kids can do what you like in this place. and overstimulation right your kids are welcome to go bananas in this this the shop we want you to stay longer right. and longer yes, and buy and more and more yes and we're going to give your kid free stuff when he comes here and um, and if he doesn't like what he's got in his mac something burger we'll give him another one so pandering to the right. child we are, the world is pa- that's what i said right at the beginning the adult world is pandering to the child who's not ready. So you cannot expect the, the world to adapt to your kid, and that is the big mistake we are making. So go back to the temper tantrum. Mm. The temper tantrum happens simply because the child wants to do something and you and feels that you won't give in. Mm. So that child is going to use a problem-solving method, which is quite simply, I have my parents' attention. Right. They so to get my parents' yes, ten- attention, I'll I do, do this. this. Yeah. Okay. So, teenager, to get my attention. They still have attention, a temper, but they've got to they've learned to control yes, it and not express not it. Not show it in the same way. Not, not respond in mm. the same way. They don't respond, they react. Right. Okay. So, one is a negative con- con- connotation, and one means a little bit of, pre- and one, um, that's the word react, and respond means a little bit of premeditated response so um almost um um um, gut feel Mm. reaction so if the child what they are attempting to do is to get your attention it goes right back to what we said earlier. it's so logical isn't it it is but we don't think that way yeah if you go back to that lsd we spoke about attend they um, the way we aware one way of showing our love to kids is to be attentive and looking at them and right and not necessarily looking. The male of the species doesn't like eye contact. Mm. Bear that in mind. Yeah, right. Um, they feel quite threatened if you say to a child, particularly a female teacher, mm. says to a a male student, "Look at me when I'm talking to you." That's the last thing the male <laughs> wants to do is look at this woman's face as she's towering over him. Yeah, but go back to this the scenario of the the temper tantrum. Okay, they want your attention. They want you. Want you to look at them. Mm. We live in a, f- and it's getting worse and worse, where you're you are looking at your screen, about probably two to three hundred times more than you look at your wife or your kids anymore. Mm. And um, we live in a society where um, um, time, giving somebody your time, or your listening ear, is a hugely valuable thing. So if it means I've got to get mom's attention, attention seeking, that's where we get that word. If it means I have to get it through a negative way, and remember a two-year-old has no idea what's negative and what's positive. Mm. The the 14-year-old, however, has a very strong idea. But every parent is different because we all have buttons down the front mm. of our clothes. And soon, 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 the child will learn what the buttons are. And that's also something we will bring into future talks. Yeah, It's about I, buttons. I was having a, a, what you're talking about, children are different and they respond differently, mm-hmm. especially in the different scenarios. Uh, my children are all adults and my youngest has got married and she's a chip off the old block. <laughs> and my two my older ones are twins. You, you, your old block, or you being the one block, or, yes, or your she's wife? So, no, she's, <laughs> so, she's so similar to me, but the, the twins... It's almost like they've got a row of buttons across their forehead or, or, or uh, down their uh. front that says, Dad, push me. Because I'll do the same thing to the youngest and she'll roll her eyes and just carry on doing it. And then she says to her sisters, 
don't react to dad. <laughs> and, and I mean, this is in the 30s, but, but it's, 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 all, it's, all, it's the same picture. Mm-hmm. You know, they know which buttons to push because that button gets that response. It's like a prisoner in a, in a prison cell. They've got 24 hours in a day to sit and think, how can I outdo the cops and come up with a new scheme? That's why prison is a school of crime. <laughs> now, now you take with kids. They've got so many hours to think, how am I going to oh, get this out of mom? Oh. I, I do that, that happens. I do that, that happens. It, they learn how to get the responses and get oh, your get your attention. And if you're not part of the equation, they're going to control the situation. Yep. Yep. That's what it's all about. It's so simple, <laughs> but it's so difficult yeah. as, as well. It's, it's, it's difficult. You've got to remember that disciplining a child is the hardest thing that you will ever have to do. It's easy to love someone, especially yeah. someone who's, who is lovable. Uh, lovable. That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> so, and um, a, a teacher, however, walks in, into a classroom. Uh, and I do bring teaching into the scenario because yeah. um, I'm an educator as well as being a parent and a grandparent. And spending six hours a day with right. the person's yes. child is probably uh, so more than the parent spends. Yeah, that's it. Um, and not one child. You are sharing yourself amongst mm. them. But... Um, um, I do feel quite, quite, quite um, sure that, and I've said this before, is that I have a, a pedagogical relationship. Mm. And that fancy word means I'm the pedagogue, I'm the teacher. I'm, yeah. I'm in there. I love my children as a teacher uh, loves and respects and values yeah. the students, whether they are contribu- contributing negatively or positively. Yeah. I just want a contribution. And yeah. I will train that comp- con- contribution to be positive because right. that's what my role is as teacher. I cannot uh, train a child who has not got the basic skills of respect and listening and and attempting to do it. I can right. teach them to read, teach them to write, teach them to, to jump up and down or in sport or specific skills, but I cannot change their value system. Mm. Okay, that is the nub of it, of discipline. Discipline, you mentioned it earlier, you're talking about um, moral, moral values. Mm. And does the, uh, um, um, and has the church got anything to do with that? So uh, uh, I am going to call a spade a, a shovel, um, or, or call it a spade, is because we have many faiths in this world, or rather, let me use the word religion, because I feel we only have one faith. Mm. There is only one faith. But there are many religions, and there are and many of those religions have got some very good precepts and tenets and all that, and and they all have love, 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 love. But um, so sometimes our discipline, um, if you're a staunch Christian or you're a staunch um, Buddhist, your your um, ideas of discipline are in many ways affected by your 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 religion mm. Mm. and the society you live in. Because in um, and very primitive societies, they've discovered this all over the world. Let's take the sand people. Do you know that the sand people would never think of hitting their kids? Right. Never. And ac- actually using a weapon to do so. I mean, what is there around in the desert? A rock? I mean, you could kill your kid, yeah. but they never have to. And um, they, people have, and psychologists have studied their ways of helping their their tribes to conform. They also have a religion, mm. which is very different from Christian. And I'm talking about, you know, the the original civilization. 
And so did the, uh, so religion is one way of contributing to your discipline, but unfortunately, you are also influenced by the way you were brought up. Mm-hmm. And the way you were taught how to manage a situation, manage your time, manage your money, manage your relationships between people, manage your body, manage um, your your problem solving. So mm. discipline is a hang of a big subject. Right. And yeah. We've, we've got a few minutes left and I just want to quickly uh, just go over a few things that we're going to be uh, Picking up on in future programs. I mean, discipline. You've, you you mentioned that is routine, communication, problem solving, set an example, and then of course flexibility mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look at at some of those we areas will in the future, future and and try uh, apply them. I mean, as you said, very very importantly, there are different age groupings where where children have developed in like naught to two, three to six, whatever it might be. I'm don't know the different categories. You have to. Uh, show the, train them in different aspects of self-discipline differently. A not to two-year-old won't work as well as a nine to eleven-year-old. So it, you've it got won't. to tailor it. And it also goes more deeper than that. One of the topics I have been researching in the past couple of months um, has been birth order. Right. And that is a fascinating subject, which I would love to do an interview on that. Is that when we talk about middle child syndrome? <laughs> it's not the middle child. I but what I'm just saying is, we talk about it's birth- the middle child. Right. It's. But, the, but I'm saying traditionally, yeah, when people talk about birth order, middle child always seems to. Okay, but you know who we have our society. If you really sit down and talk to people about that, it's the first child. Right. And the guilt that goes with that. Because, you know, when you have your first child, you thought you did everything right. Yeah. And, you know, you're, 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 and uh, anyway, we're going off the top. No, you, haven't, you haven't, you haven't learned yet. And so your discipline that you and your wife decide, this is how you're going to um, discipline our child. Okay. So you have the first child and you and her agree about most things. Then you have a second child. And that second child is the second child that you can't change. Yeah. It could be a girl. It could be a boy. It could be this type of girl and this type of boy. Right. Your age gap makes a difference to your discipline. The number of children that you have, like it could be twins, triplets, whatever, the discipline is going to be different. You could have five children in your family and they're all different. Mm. And obviously money is an important issue. Money is a very important issue. Right. But it's not what makes a disciplined child. Right. It's finished and clear. <laughs> right. Well, uh, the subject is just so big. I think we could do six months or a year of programs with discipline. We'll, ha- with this we'll suffi- discipline ourselves and only do about three. <laughs> there is sufficient material <laughs> and is, different yeah. aspects to discipline. And I just want to stress as we end the show, discipline is not spanking or Going to the naughty corner—that's not none of that. That's not. That that's not we talking out about. In Charles Dickens' days, absolutely, and that the res, the reason they did that because they didn't apply self-discipline. I think the, the and they didn't know how to problem solve the situation of a naughty child. A, absolutely, and I think that's that, that's the direction we are heading, and we're not bringing up for discussion whether spanking is right or wrong. That is not part of the discussion. Discipline, self-discipline, is the direction we are yeah. going in. Yeah. Right, that does bring us right to the end of the show. Thank you so much, Cherry, for joining us. We we are going to next month look at the first aspect. But until then, 
Thank you so much. We'll see you then. Pleasure. Let's and discipline ourselves to get back here <laughs> the next absolutely. Monday, Monday of the month. Uh, absolutely. And um, next week, we, as I mentioned, we have uh, Nick O'Clanans coming to the studio. We'll be talking finances, and he always brings a silver lining to the crisis or the financial issues we have in our country. But until that show, till next week, from me, Wayne Turner, it's goodbye and God bless. Goodbye.